Hey, 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 welcome back to Dan's Miscellaneous Ramblings, episode 244. I'm very disappointed in myself because my head, my microphone wasn't plugged in again. Well, uh, time to pull off, try and see if I can pull off that same stupid cold open that actually went really well. Um, or should I say, hey, 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 do, 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 yeah, we're doing this on Rasputin. Gregory Rasputin, that is, who uh, was born January 24th, 21st of 1869 and died December 30th of 1916. He was a mi- Russian mystic and self-proclaimed holy man who befriended the family of Nicholas II, the last emperor of Russia, and gained considerable influence in late imperial Russia. He was born to a peasant family in the Siberian village of Pokrovskoy, and he had a religious conversion experience after taking a pilgrimage to a monastery in 1897. He had been described as a monk or a stranic, which means wanderer or pilgrim, though he held no official position in the church. He traveled to St. Petersburg in either 1903 or the winter of 1904-05, where he captivated some church and social leaders, became a society figure, and met Emperor Nicholas and Empress Alexandra in 1905. Um... So, basically, in late 1906, he began acting as a healer for the imperial couple's only son, Alexei, who suffered from hemophilia, which is basically a genetic, mostly genetic disorder that makes it so your blood can't really clot, which is very, very bad. If you get a cut, it makes it so that you just keep bleeding. And it also makes it so you bruise super easily, and it's really easy to bleed inside joints or in the brain, both terrible things. Um, what's up? At court, uh, he was seen, Rasputin was seen by some Russians as a mystic, visionary, and prophet, and by others as a religious charlatan, which a charlatan, if you don't know, is like a con man, someone who tries to cheat you out of money. Some charlatans are things like, uh, people who played the, the shell game are sometimes described as charlatans because they actively try and hide where the ball is from you and makes it super hard for you to win. The... Uh, let's see what else can be described as charlatan. Uh, people who sell snake oil that doesn't really that that's just like some animal fat that doesn't really do anything. People who cheat at card or dice games. Uh, even people who like shave coins, stuff like that. That's all charlatan. Um, the high point of his power was in 1915 when Nicholas II left St. Petersburg to oversee Russian armies fighting World War One, including er, increasing both Alexandra and Rasputin's influence. Russian defeated, uh, Russian defeats mounted during the war, however, and uh, Rasputin and Alexandra became increasingly unpopular. In early one morning of December 30th, 1916, he was assassinated by a group of conservative noblemen who opposed his influence over the royals. Um, historians often suggest that his scandalous and sinister reputation helped discredit the Tsarist government and thus helped precipitate the overthrow of the Romanov dynasty a few weeks after he was assassinated. Accounts of his life and influence are often based on hearsay and rumor. Um, so, as you may you may have heard the song uh, Rasputin by Boney M. That's the one that I was singing earlier. The Ra Ra Rasputin, lover of the Russian queen. It, yeah, that one. I mean, it's most it's based on rumors and stuff, but it's still a really good song. It's probably going to end up being the song that's been on my mind all episode. I wonder if there's Ross Boutine. Okay, I need to see if there's Ross Boutine jokes. The 
six plus best Rasputin jokes. Um, uh, so, all right, let's do this. Uh, so Rasputin, there's no real good jokes on him. It's because of uh, the poor execution. <laughs> okay, anyway. Sorry to disrespect Grigory Rasputin there. Oh, there's straight up a picture of his body on the Wikipedia page. That's disturbing. Wonderful. Thanks. Um, don't like that. So if you don't want to see that, don't look at the Wikipedia page. Um, of course, what's up? He was named for St. Gregory of Nyssa, or Nyssa or something like that, whose feast is celebrated on the 10th of January. Here are a few records of his parents. His father, Yefim, was a peasant farmer and church elder who had been born in the same town that he was born in in 1842 and married his mother, Anna, in 1863. And he also worked as a government courier, ferrying goods and people between Tobolsk and Tayumen. I don't know. I don't speak Russian. I have a friend that speaks Russian, oh, a little bit at least, uh, down the hall, but I did not want to bother her because she's feeling under the weather right now. Um... The couple had seven other children, all of whom died in infancy and early childhood. They may or, there may have been a ninth child, Feodosia. That's how you pronounce that. According to historian Joseph T. Furman, Rasputin was certainly close to Feodosia. Feodosia, and was a godfather to her children, but the records that have survived do not permit us to say more than that, according to... Uh, Furman. No. Yeah, I mean, I guess draw your own conclusions on that one. I can't believe I forgot to plug in my microphone that first time. I lost a couple podcasts. I didn't lose a couple podcasts. Podcast! Oh my god. I didn't lose a couple followers based on that, but like, some people that would have listened to the show just didn't because my mic wasn't plugged in. I, It's been a day. I end up having an improv audition today, which was super cool. Um, I ended up getting there slightly late because I thought I signed up for the slot after. So, oops on that one. But it's okay. I think I just well. And then I end up hanging out with a friend of mine uh, to eat lunch and stuff. Though my phone did pretty much die, which was less than uh, less than what what is it? Less than exemplary? No, no. There's a better word for that. Less less than good. What? I don't know. I'm trying to think of like the exact words I'm trying to say here, and I just they're not coming out. Um, what's up? Why are? Okay, whatever. A bunch of people started texting me. I don't know why. I'll look at it in eight minutes when this podcast episode is over. Um, Ross Boutin. According to Douglas Smith, another historian, his youth and early childhood are a, and I quote, a black hole about which we know almost nothing. <laughs> There's a lot of stories about his parents and youth after his rise to fame. Um, historians agree that, like most Siberian peasants, including his mother and father, he was probably not formally educated and remained illiterate well into early adulthood. Local archival records suggest they had somewhat unruly youth, drinking, small thefts, and disrespect for local authorities, but no evidence of being charged with stealing horses, blasphemy, or bearing false witness, all major crimes later imputed to him as a young man.
Um, he traveled to Abilak, Russia, some 250 kilometers east north northwest of Tumen, and eight. 28,000, no, not 28,000, 2,800 kilometers east of Moscow, where he met a peasant girl named uh, Praskovia Dubrovina. After a courtship of several months, they married in 1887, uh, February. Uh, the, what's called? And she remained devoted to him until his death, apparently, which is super cool. The couple had seven children, but only three survived to adulthood. Dmitri, Maria, and Varvara. Var... Yeah, Varvara. Did you know that Rasputin's great... Or it's either grandchildren or great-grandchildren, I don't remember, were alive to... Uh, at the same time that Boney M, who made the Rasputin song, uh, was going and traveling in Russia to, like, as on tour. Which means that they could have heard that song in concert, which is just mind-boggling to me. Imagine if, like, some dude just goes through and starts touring, comes to your, your country, whatever, comes, like, near you, and has a song about how your grandfather was so amazing in a lot of ways that you probably don't want to know as a grandchild. <laughs> Wild to me. Um... Maria actually does have a Wikipedia article, though Dimitri and Varvara do not. Maria Rasputin, the daughter of Gregory Rasputin, um, what's called, who wrote two memoirs about her father, dealing with Tsar Nicholas II and Tsarista Alexandra Fyodor... I'm not pronouncing that word again. The attack by Kionia Guseva and the murder. A third one, the Man Behind the Myth was per published in eight, 1977 in association with Pat Barham. In her three memoirs, the veracity of which have been questioned, uh, questioned, she painted an almost saintly picture of her father, insisting that most of the negative stories were based on slander and misinterpretation of the facts by his enemies. Um, so that's kind of neat. Most people believe that... Uh, what's up? She was... Born, uh, <coughs> excuse me, March 26th of 1898. Some people believe she was born in 1899, and that's also on her tombstone. But that's not what the Russian archives say, apparently. No, oh, that's kind of neat. There's one section of the Wikipedia that just says her father, which is apparently she's the reason that we know most things we know about his childhood. Um, I don't know. He, according to her, he was never a monk, but a staretz, which is an elder of the Eastern Orthodox monastery, who uh, functions as a venerated advisor and teacher, like an elder or spiritual father, which is kind of neat, I think. I don't know. Rasputin, I don't know, there's a bit to say about him. I could probably keep talking about him, but also I'm just really tired and I just want to look at something else. I don't know. It's been a weird day. I haven't really felt the best, I'm gonna be honest, but eh. We, uh, yeah, we're gonna go on. I can't remember if, I, yeah, I think it was this episode that I did. Okay. my Let's try that again. My brain is just going out. I already pressed the comedy button, I think. So what else can I do? I've got like three more minutes left. I really don't feel like podcasting today, I'm going to be honest. I was going to hang out with a friend, but he canceled on me, so... Eh. Oh well, I guess. 
Um, uh, yeah, I'm not being a very interesting podcaster right now. I don't really want to be. Why is my sister texting me? Um, I'll look at that. Why is... All right, I don't know. My sister sent me the Instagram profiles of one of my friends. So I don't know why she's doing this, but hey, it's fine. Uh, my, I keep trying to use my mouse. If I unplug my mouse, because the stupid computer only has one port, like one uh, HDM, not HDMI, one USB port. It also only has one HDMI part, port, but, uh, eh. Um, let's see, what is it? Apparently, she was exiled, which is kind of whack. And, oh, jeez. I'm trying to look at... <coughs> yeah, it looks like she's got a whole bunch of stuff that's going on with her. So, you'll maybe I'll do a thing on Maria Rasputin later. No, I'm just looking at... Uh, he was a healer to Alexei. Let's see if they can... If he actually helped with that. Um, he apparently condition or not he would tell he wrote to the uh, alexandra saying that god has seen your tears and heard your prayers after he had a a large hematoma which is a blood suffusion localized bleeding outside the blood vessels which can which apparently caused a bunch of pain and a fever um but he said that do not grieve the little one will not die do not allow the doctors to bother him too much and his bleeding stopped the following day. So the, according to Dr. S.P. Fedorov, one of the physicians who attended Alexei, he admitted that the recovery was wholly inexplicable from a medical point of view. Um, they, later, Dr. Fedorov admitted that Alexandra could not be blamed for seeing Rasputin as a miracle man. Rasputin would come in, walk up to the patient, look at him and spit. The bleeding would stop in no time. How could the Empress not trust Rasputin after that? <laughs> That's kind of whack. All right. It's time for the song that's been in my mind all episode. Honestly, I'll just go with Rasputin by Boney M. It kind of fits the theme of the episode. Um, and so, apparently, that that recovery was one of the most mysterious episodes of the whole Rasputin legend, according to historian Robert K. Massey. Uh, the... Someone speculated, or this person speculated that Rasputin's suggestion not to let the doctors disturb Alexei aided his recovery by allowing him rest and healing. Um, and other things, people think that uh, his message to Alexandra helped reduce the emotional stress on Alexei. But uh, whatever happened, some people think that he stopped Alexei's bleeding on other occasions through hypnosis. And also stopped uh, use er, people from using uh, aspirin, which is an anti-clotting blood ag er, agent in addition to reducing pain. Anyway, yeah, I'm going to stop this now. I hope you have a wonderful day, and I'll catch you all next time. Good.